Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 72. This interview, recorded on August 30th, 2013, is with Faisal Kapadia, a.k.a. FK, or the eponymous Faisal Kapadia on Twitter. Faisal is an author, blogger, podcaster, entrepreneur, and social activist, achieving some extraordinary things in Pakistan. Thanks to his determination and social media, Faisal has notably helped found Sarelief, crowdsource funding relief for disaster-struck areas. Faisal is also in charge of social media for MindMap Pakistan, a consultancy offering leading social media and digital PR services. Come and enjoy this interview of a man truly on a mission. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello, and this morning, piped directly in from Karachi, Pakistan, I have on the line FK, otherwise known as Faisal Kapadia. So, Faisal, tell us who you are and what you're up to. Um, what I am is basically a social media expert, a blogger, a writer, and a trainer on social media. I've been in this field since 2007 in Pakistan, and uh, I've basically seen social media grow in Pakistan to what it is today. So, 2007, tell us how you got into social media. Well, um... I was a writer. I've been writing since many people do from a smaller age, but I never wrote professionally. But uh, what happened in 2007 was when our Prime Minister Benazir was assassinated. And at that time, it was a very violent situation in my city. So I started writing about that online and it got picked up by a few people. And that's how basically I realized the power of social media and I got into it. So you got you got picked up. It was you were talking about the political situation and you had a, a good amount of passion how did you get picked up? Basically, I was reporting from on ground because I could see the hospitals burning in my city. I could see people's cars being stopped and uh, them taking out of the cars and the cars being set on fire. I could see random gangs running around on the roads. And I was standing there with my mobile camera snapping photographs. And I put those up and I put up what was going on. And I guess at that time, the situation was so violent that the news teams weren't there on the scene. And that's why I got picked up by uh, Reuters and CNN. And they requested me to, like, you know, uh, send them comments about this. And that's how I got into the whole scene. All right. So tell us a little bit about the, the Pakistani scene in social media. What are the platforms? Who are the users? Um, tell us a bit more about it. Okay, well, Pakistan, uh, right now, currently, our telecommunications authorities say that there are about 29 million people on social media from Pakistan, which is basically, um, they say, about a higher amount of 32 to 33 million. But if you go to a company which does analytics and which will root out the duplicate sessions and cookies and all that stuff, so it comes out to about 28, 29 million people. That's about 12% of our population. And... Uh, in that, there are about 10 million users on Facebook, so that would be the highest social media platform in Pakistan. There's about a million, million and a half on Twitter. There's about a million on LinkedIn. Instagram is getting big over here. Um, basically, anything which comes out on social media in Pakistan is mostly directed at the 18 to 30 crowd, which is basically the age group on social media in Pakistan. 
that's how it is. All right, that's the lay of the land, as they say. And and uh, what about businesses? How 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 well do you feel that businesses are taking up social media and inst- installing it into their strategy? Well, about five years ago, when we started out, everybody thought that social media and uh, people who blog and people who write on social media and do all that stuff are basically just people with too much free time on their hands, which I reckon was like in other countries as well when it started out. But Absolutely. soon corporations and bigger organizations in the development sector have started to realize in Pakistan that this is a very cheap, effective way of getting your message out. And uh, since I run a consulting company called Mind Map Communications, and we've been dealing with several organizations, and uh, we've done a couple of fashion shows as well in Karachi. And uh, it's, it's proven to be something that now the organizations consider as an asset. When you work with Mind Map, uh, tell us about the types of companies you're working with. Okay, so um, for instance, we ran the UN Women's uh, Violence Against Women campaign uh, in Pakistan online this year. It was called Tashadat Manzoor. And uh, basically, uh, we started out with a goal of reaching a million people, which we did in about three months. And, uh, you know, it's a, it was an awareness campaign for violence against women. Then we went on to do an election awareness campaign uh, called Park Vote. Uh, we also did a fashion show uh, with Fashion Pakistan Week, which happened about three months ago. And uh, basically, it's a, it's a very emerging market, but it's a very niche market. People have started to realize the power of social media, and they, they've actually now realized that it's way, way more cheaper to reach as many people as you can on social media, which you do on mainstream media. Mm. And that's got them attracted. So now the advertisers are looking towards this. There's advertising coming towards this. All the major... PR companies in Pakistan, like you know, it always happens when there's blood in the water, the sharks start circling. All the major PR companies in Pakistan have now included and formed digital PR uh, sections of their companies. So it's all starting. It's, it's, the buzz is gaining momentum. Yeah, then everyone becomes an expert. So when you talk about um, the violence against women uh, and the fashion show, it sounds more like a feminine population. Do you feel that in Pakistan it is like it has been in most of the around the world? The women have been the leaders in taking up social media. Well, actually, if you look at the analytics uh, for all the campaigns, I've run about six campaigns in the last year. Last month, I was promoting a movie called Josh, and uh, it's a locally made movie. And if you look at the analytics of all my campaigns, it's usually sixty-seven percent men that are being reached and it's about 33 to 34% women in Pakistan that are being reached. So that's about the figures that you would go with as far as the social media reach is concerned. Well, 60 to 40%. So that would, does that reflect the penetration of internet usage then? Yes. It reflects the penetration of internet usage and the fact that more men in Pakistan are on social media than women. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So when you're dealing with these organizations and helping them through social media, uh, do you find, as we've found typically everywhere, resistance to using it? And if if not, uh, then uh, tell us about that. But if so, well, how have you managed to overcome that resistance? Because I would imagine in, in organizations you've got these sort of, let's say, henchmen that have been around a while. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. Well, of course, you know, when you go in with something new, I mean, they frankly don't believe it first, you know. So when I went into my first uh, corporate presentation, or if you could call it a, a pitch 
on social media, I was told that this can't be possible, you can't do this. And we basically had to tell them, okay, pay us when we do. It had to come to that because in Pakistan, there's a general disbelief uh, still prevalent right now. I mean, for God's sakes, I got called by university, a major university in Karachi last week to train on social media where the dean of the university asks me if this is an actual industry. So, I mean, it's, the mentality is there. And this is in the last year? Exists. It's a fairy tale. No, no, this is just last week. Oh, my gosh. Last week, the university... Yeah, university thing is last week, so I actually had to give them a whole presentation, and they flew the rector in uh, from Islamabad, and I had to give him a whole presentation on the fact that this is a huge industry, and it exists, and you should equip your graduates with this skill. So, I mean, it's, it's the mentality, the negativity is pretty much prevalent in everything in Pakistan. It's more prevalent in social media, because a lot of mainstream bashing of social media also goes on mm. in Pakistan. Where, so when you're where you're working with these companies, you're you're talking about Facebook and Twitter and all these other U.S. or at least English-based uh, um, platforms. What what about analytics? Do you have um, how how are we working with your Urdu uh, speaking uh, analytics uh, listening tools? Well, um, as far as analytics are concerned, they're the same for every platform, right? I mean, we probably both use some of the same analytical tools that are available out there. And uh, stuff in Urdu is generally more viral than stuff in English is in Pakistan. So, I mean, if, in general, if I were running a campaign, I would try to put the memes in Urdu and, uh, if possible, in Minglish. Because uh, I don't know if you know what Minglish is. Minglish is basically a mixture of uh, English and Urdu. It's basically Urdu written in Roman. So, I mean, if you write Urdu in English, that's Minglish. And that's basically what the population, online population in Pakistan is more comfortable with rather than reading Urdu or English. Because Urdu fonts and text have not been developed to a level here, mm -hmm. which is easily readable. I mean, most of the major newspapers till the last couple of months were still putting up images of their Urdu sections instead of writing the actual font in the word processors. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I know this because, yeah. I know because I'm also the uh, lingua editor for Global Voices Urdu in Pakistan. So, I mean, the font is there and our site is up and all the articles are translated in English. And now you'll see sites in Pakistan with both English and Urdu versions. But the Urdu version is still, uh, to me, it's still about a couple of years away from perfecting itself, the font. Uh -huh. And so you said it goes more viral. So it goes more viral. Give us an example of uh, some viral videos that you've seen uh, out of Pakistan? I'll put a link into uh, the uh, show notes. Uh, sure. Um, if you see, um, the recent uh, example would be, uh, well, most media cafes go viral over here, the, uh, but uh, the recent example would be a song sung by a, a virtually unknown singer called Tair Shah called Eye to Eye. And uh, it's a really ridiculous song. The guy doesn't know how to sing, but uh, he used social media and he became a star. So, I mean, that's uh, the recent example of a viral video that I can give you. It's called Eye to Eye. All right, brilliant. All right, so um, another thing, Faisal, that you've done, in, uh, you're, you're working a lot in, in uh, development company uh, organizations and helping uh, bring relief. And, and basically, you're very motivated to advance society in Pakistan. So um, tell us about what you're doing there, and then we're going to get into Sir Relief. Okay, um, so I'll give you the story behind Sir Relief. Sir Relief was basically when the floods happened in 2010 in Pakistan. 
four of us friends are just hanging out outside somebody's house after dinner, and we thought we should do something. You know, we can't stand by and watch so many people die. So what we decided was we'll gather about, you know, we, uh, an equivalent of uh, $10,000 from family and friends and uh, gather a few trucks of supplies and go out there and distribute it to ourselves just to clear our conscience as city boys, basically. Because all the uh, problems and all the issues with flooding happens in the rural areas of Pakistan where nobody likes to go. That is the real Pakistan. That's like 80% of Pakistan. So basically, we, um, we succeeded in collecting the relief, and we went out there, and somebody gave us a small warehouse all the way in Chicago. And uh, we had about 400 relief hampers, and this was a time uh, when there were about uh, 3 to 4 million people on the ground, basically without a roof over their heads. And uh, no agency had reached at that time. Uh, so it was a horrible situation. Uh, the waters were up to road level. And uh, we were in this small warehouse with 400 hampers, and there were about five to 6,000 people outside. And, uh, you know, one of us was stupid enough to, without preparation, open the shutters of the warehouse, and we got mobbed, and we were beaten. And uh, basically, I mean, the people were hungry for five, six days, so they just wanted to get access to the food. And uh, we tried to give them access to the food, but we were beaten. And while I was on the ground and being kicked about, I started taking pictures with my phone. And uh, when we got back to Karachi, we were pretty demotivated, but I put those pictures up. And I put those pictures up online, and then we got thousands and thousands of queries about what was happening on the ground and whether we could go back and help, and that's how SA Relief started. And uh, SA Relief is an incredible story. Uh, basically, I've been actually writing a book about our experiences, and we collected about $260,000 online in four months. And we went on 17 different relief missions after that, and uh, we grew from a, a group of four friends to uh, a motivated group of more than 120 individuals with offered vehicles, with, uh, I mean, all sorts of companies and organizations joining into the effort, and it was just incredible. That's a relief story, and it was all done on social media. Wow. And uh, did you, so you, when you say you posted it, what, where, where did you post it first? Are we talking Facebook? How, I, I, yeah, yeah. I posted them on Facebook and Twitter at first. And later on, what we did as a model was that we wanted to ensure complete transparency because that's a huge problem with NGOs in Pakistan. And what we did was two of us rigged up our Blackberries. We didn't even have iPhones at that time. We rigged up our Blackberries to drop um, GPS markers throughout our journeys. And uh, on each GPS marker, people would just go and see pictures of what was being done in real time, accompanied with our real-time updates on Twitter. So they, people, if you would, say, have donated $10, you could actually follow Faisal Kapadia and his friends going all over the region in Sindh and distributing your $10 wherever they are with pictures and uh, real-time updates. So people really love that, and that's why we got so many donations and help. At the end, even the Pakistan Air Force and Army joined us. The Air Force provided us a C-130 to go to Jakobabad, which was completely surrounded by water. There was no road access, so we loaded up the C-130. We flew in in the morning. There's actually a podcast aboard that C-130 as well. Well, I'm going to put that in the show notes, too. That's yeah. amazing. Um, talk just the proof of social media. So you've got a book that's coming out about this. When's that going to come out? Well, um, I've been writing it. It's, it's basically an account with real-time Twitter updates of what actually happened. And uh, 
I'm trying to basically write it as a, sort of like a relief handbook for people who want to use social media because I was contacted by some people from Oxfam when I was on the ground in the rural areas and they told me this has never been done before in this region. So basically I want to have a sort of a handbook for people who want to go out there and help people and each chapter is accompanied by one golden rule as to how they can use social media to help them in their missions. So yeah, I mean it does help a lot. I was just saying that in the Pakistan uh, there's a I'm sorry. Go 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 go. Sorry. No, so I was saying Pakistan it does help but there's a huge charity giving uh, side of our culture as well. We're very hospitable and charitable people. So just last month in Ramzan, a few friends again, me, Yusra Askari, and some Muslims started this ration for PK Drive, uh, just to collect ration for people who were feeling the effects of inflation in Karachi, and they couldn't buy enough food for their families. We started out by a target of 200 people, but in a month, we reached about 1,350 families. You know, so we provided rations for a month's food supply to 1,350 families again just last month, and all again through social media. So, I mean, uh, people on social media in Pakistan are extremely active and willing to help. Mm. And uh, do you find that the, 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 there's one platform that's more active than another, i.e. like Twitter? Is that, is that where you're a million people? Is that, is that more prone? No, I generally think it's Facebook. Because Facebook has 10 million people from Pakistan. But if you want to get information as far as you can, then it would be Twitter. Because you see what happened with SK Relief was we had no, I mean, we had no experience of aid work, right? We had no experience of relief work. And we would tweet that we'd be coming into a certain town and people would open up their houses to us to sleep in. People would offer warehouses to store our goods in. People would offer securities. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I, I just can't tell you how crazy it was. I mean, sometimes I just sit and think back right now at what we did, and it still seems like a dream. And was there uh, international so, follow-up? Yeah. So you had uh, Pakistan, you know, the um, diaspora of Pakistanis. Were, were they also participating? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, because we, uh, because that's why we formed SA Relief in uh, California, and we registered as, a, as an NGO over there. And so people, we had PayPal widgets up on the site. And a lot of expat Pakistanis, a lot of people who weren't Pakistanis, who could just follow us online through our updates, uh, you know, donate $10, $5, $50 to this campaign. And they were all part of it. I mean, uh, at the end, we had fed about 55,000 families with our own hands. And it, it could not have happened without the expatriate Pakistanis helping out. So, yes, definitely. They were a huge part of this. All right, so um, just, just uh, thinking uh, as you go along here, give us uh, some of the, the most interesting tips of setting up a, a social media help enhanced uh, relief platform. Okay, so, I mean, for social media relief, uh, the first thing that you need to have is you need to have on-ground volunteers who are willing to SMS you the information because a lot of these rural areas, and I'm sure disaster-struck areas everywhere in the world have, uh, cellular communication only because a lot of internet usage and stuff doesn't happen anyways in those areas and it goes down when a disaster happens. So basically what we would do is we would get a local volunteer to link up with SMS with us, with text, uh, while we were in the area doing relief and after we had gone back. So they would basically, uh, in about 
15 to 20 days, we had a network of about 30 to 35 people over the whole region in different towns and cities who would be SMSing us updates. And then we would collect those updates, sit together, have a meeting of the whole group, and decide where our next relief effort should be spearheaded. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to set up as a network on ground, but you should not try to do it just on social media. It should be from the easiest possible means of communication available, which I'm guessing would be text because it's the cheapest and the fastest. Yeah, for sure. So that's one tip that I can give you. That's a great one. Of course, yeah. Go ahead. Of course, there are other technologies that you could use. I mean, uh, you could gain the help of uh, people with, uh, if, if, it, the, if you're talking about flooding, the most uh, dangerous and important point in helping out a flooded area is to get access to it. Because there were areas that there were no roads. So basically, we uh, got the help, help of a group of friends uh, who are called the Off-Road Group of Pakistan. And you need off-road vehicles to go into areas, and you need people who are trained to use those vehicles and drive them to get you through maybe uh, waste-length water in a vehicle and get you to the area. So access and proper vehicles is also very important. And uh, you should use social media primarily, in my opinion, for crowdsourcing in a situation like this and to gather information on an area before you go in. You shouldn't go in blindly because... Uh, a relief mission can turn dangerous pretty quick because you're talking about people uh, who have not, I mean, Pakistan's case, eaten for five, six days, sitting out there under the open sun. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and many times during our trips, uh, we were actually warned by people on social media who had traveled ahead and who had mobbed and looted, so we had to change the routes and all that. So that can be a very useful resource as well. That must have been a real shock to come in with such good intentions and then to be the sub, you know, the victim of, of violence. Yes, but you gotta understand, Mitra, that uh, I mean, if I mean, it depends on what the situation of the person that you're giving the relief to is. Sure. So you have to understand that uh, if somebody has been hungry for six days and their family's been sitting out in the 50 degree centigrade sun for six days without any access to clean water or food, I mean, they're desperate. Of they're course. Dying. No, no, no. So you have I, to understand that. I, I, well. I do. I'm just thinking all the same, the, the shock of, you know, intention and, yes. and what happens. So, um, it's, sorry, Fisal, you have um, many tens of thousands of followers. You are presumably a, a fairly well-known person in social media in Pakistan. I don't know, but I'm going to guess that much. You get contacted by a lot of organizations uh, saying you're a man of influence. Can you help us? Is that something that's regularly happening to you? Yes, that is regularly happening to me and a few others who have gained this much of following and influenced Pakistan. But uh, we are very wary of just associating ourselves with any organization right now because, I mean, it's for a good cause, you know, hell yes, any day. You know, for whatever a good cause is, it can be something like a small patients group meeting up. I don't care, I'll help you out. But as long as it's not a corporation, I'm willing to help. All right, so when you go to the airport, uh, does Pakistani Air recognize who you are yet? Air Pakistan? Uh, when, I go to the air, when I go to the airport, I have been bumped up uh, in a couple of flights uh, by people who knew me on social media. So I've been given upgrades, but that's about it. Yeah, just wondering. All right, well, um, Fisa, let, let's, let's just have a last uh, chat about mind map. So um, are you, you work only with NGOs? Yeah. Is, is that the idea? 
No, actually, we are uh, more about brand advocacy than social media marketing. So, I mean, uh, the whole point for us to basically promote something would be that we have to identify and we have to actually agree with what your organization or corporation's agenda is rather than just blindly, you know, uh, talking about that shirt you're wearing just because you pay me money for it. We don't do that. So basically, we indulge in a lot of uh, strategy and we basically explain strategy to the organization that's something that's wanting help and then we go ahead and implement that strategy. So that's what we do. And uh, it's a different model than what other people are doing in Pakistan because uh, most of the PR companies and everybody's doing social media marketing. Yeah, I totally agree. In any event, social media will just become one other part of the media media mix. Yes. So, yes, you know, and I mean, if you if you have an integrity like a Minter doll or uh, I don't want to be crowing about it, but if you have integrity online, then you don't want to compromise it Absolutely. by any amount of money. You know, so it's better to work with organizations which deal in causes that you believe in, and that's what we do. Yeah, and I think in the end of the day, organizations also ought to be thinking about their own integrity. And, uh, and that's going to be better for their employees and that's going to be better for the long-term relationship with clients. But um, we still have a gap. <clears throat> so um, mind map, do you use mind mapping tools? Uh, is this also, where did that name come from? Well, basically um, it came from the fact that the Pakistani mind is right now, it's not attuned to social media at all. It's getting there. We're about 12% of the population on social media, but we thought it would be a good name because I think we really need to map the Pakistani mind as per social media and try to collaborate the two to form a successful model. So that was our philosophy behind mind map. Well, well, so not very far from mindset. Yeah, yeah. Not very far from mindset. Change the mindset. That's you know? beautiful. And and a lot of a lot of uh, organizations in Pakistan really need to move into social media to encourage more tolerance. You see, the, the first problem with Pakistan is that there is no communications. Right? There's no. I mean, people don't. People in Pakistan are so polarized by either the haves or the have-nots, or on the basis of religion, or on the basis of so many conspiracy theories that we keep dreaming up every single day. We love doing that, by the way. The U.S. and the Western world is responsible for all our problems. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get too political in this podcast, but the thing is that we really, really need to talk to each other, and like you and me are doing right now, and we can see, I hope, at the end of this conversation that we're not so much different from each other, and we have to encourage tolerance. So I think Pakistani organizations and corporations should use social media as a communications tool, which it is, and encourage tolerance in the society, which is seriously needed over there. Uh, I, amen, Faisal. When you, when you think about all those the, the tensions between religions and cultures, there's all these, pre, these a priori ideas we have of one another. And, and actually the same, you know, on another level is between the employee and the employer. It's between the client and the company. And, and, and the way to build that trust is by having conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, like, well, he wasn't so bad after all. And then we start building a rapport and that'll move into the land of trust and, uh, and deeper relationships. And I think if, if, if the entire communities within organizations and then from the organization to the society and then from society to different societies in the world start having conversations with each other, 
we will all understand that most of the problems faced in the world are faced by every one of us. And the polarization can maybe, I mean, my dream as far as social media is concerned is to do away with all the negativity in this world. I mean, it sounds absurd, but I think this tool can achieve this. I mean, let's see. All right. Well, so, Afisal, you've uh, written a book which is called The Sands of Time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is available on Amazon. Um, yeah, I saw that. It's a beautiful love story. I didn't read it, but I read a few of the uh, reviews. It looks uh, really charming. Yeah, it's a, lo- it's a love story based in Karachi. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, you've got your new book coming out, which is being released in, in chapters, so I'll put all that in the, uh, in the show notes. Tell, us, uh, tell, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you, follow you, if they would like to uh, know more about what you're up to or, and or use your services. Um, well, you can uh, either follow me on Twitter at the rate of Fasil Kapadia, or you can reach me uh, via Facebook on Fasil Kapadia, or you can basically go to the Global Voices page and look up me in the author section, or you can Google me. Excellent. All right, FK, pleasure to have you on the show. Lovely to chat with you, Thank get you so to know much. you, hear your story, and I look forward to staying in touch. All right, thanks a lot, Minter. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Internet Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please rate it in iTunes, and don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or to tweet it out. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset, or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.